Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, everyone. This is the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack, FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com as our email address. You can listen wherever you find audio podcasts or watch live on YouTube. Subscribe to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube channel, where I've been told, Gordon, that people have flipped. They used to be anti-Gordon, and now they're anti-Kevin. I don't know what I did. To paraphrase you, what did I do? How was your weekend? I don't know what you did, but... How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. It's still going. Still going? It is. Yeah, today's Labor Day. Do you have mm-hmm. Do you have exciting Labor Day plans? My plans, I only have one kid with me this weekend, which has been great because if you go from three kids down to one kids, one kid, it's like taking ankle weights off where you were running before or maybe going from altitude down – to sea level, especially when the kid that you're with is the oldest of the group. So it's been fun. We've been hanging out. I've been letting them stay up late, watch a lot of sports together. It's uh, It's been terrific. How about you? Been good. Did you watch the Florida State-Notre Dame football game? Did you watch college football in general? That was fun. I watched, I watched that game, and then I watched part of Wisconsin and Penn State on Saturday. I watched the men's national team game, part of that, U.S. versus Canada. No love lost between those two. It was kind of funny. They were getting all chippy. I was like, it's Canada. Like, why? They're all nice. Like, that was weird. They're yeah. pushing and shoving and talking trash. It was a weird dynamic there. So Yeah. I uh, I started binge watching a Netflix show called Clickbait. And mm. uh, don't tell me how it ends, but it's a good binge bingey show. I, I watched like six episodes in a row. Only two left. So Clickbait is my suggestion if you need something to do. This Labor Day uh, holiday, watch clickbait. But enough of that. Let's talk about track. Um, we had two track meets this past weekend. It was pretty mm-hmm. cool. They they weren't diamond leagues, but we had one live on Flow Track, and there was another one that was in Italy. Uh, what what do you want to talk about first? Talk about Shelly Ann back at it again on the track. Yeah, she- Shelly Ann back at it again. We didn't see her in one of the diamond leagues, Brussels. But we knew her season wasn't over. Comes back in this Continental Tour and lays down a, a 1081. Looked very comfortable. It's the gap between her and everybody else when Thompson Hurrah and Jackson isn't in the race is just large. It's incredible just how big of a gap it is. And you can same th- you can say the same thing 
you know, when Thompson Harad doesn't have Fraser Price in the race, although even when she had Fraser Price in the race on a couple occasions this year, she was able to to get a a fairly significant win. But the thing that jumped out just watching this race was just the ease with which she did it. Um, it just completely blew away the field the last fifty meters, and it's a pretty not that weak of a field, right? Like it's 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 doesn't have Thompson Harad, doesn't have um, some of the big names, but this is a solid field for a non-Diamond League race, and she just destroyed everybody. Yeah, it's interesting seeing how these athletes are able to just put on race after race after race. Like they have, there are there are obviously notable athletes who've kind of shut it down early, um, maybe done just one race at pre and then shut it down. But mm-hmm. Shelly Ann and uh, and Elaine Thompson have just like treat it like it's that the Olympics was just like a prequel to their actual season. And they've been running very often, more often than I would expect. I mean, you look at Shelly Ann's season post Olympics, she's already run three, three, 100 meters, Mm -hmm. like in a, such a short time, like from August 21st to September 5th. So in like 14, 20 day span, you know, 15 day span, she's already run three 100s. Some people you only, look, like they think about Usain Bolt there when he's only running like 100 every two months. <laughs> you look at her yearly marks, and the only time she was above 11 seconds in the 100 was that horrible weather day in Gateshead when she ran, she had to run heats and then finals and she ran 11.6 and then 11.5 and into a negative four and then into a negative three. But since then, 1084, is that 1063? 1097, 1084, 71, 82, 84, 73, 74, 73, uh, 60, and then 81. So just ridiculously lights out season. You brought up a good point. Like The Olympics were really just part of the story here when you look at what they've done post-Olympics. And I'm sure – I know you've been digging up those stats most times under 45 seconds for the men in the 400, but I bet you could compile a pretty narrow list of – how many times Fraser Price has gone with sub ten eighty five? I guess if you want to put that the line right there this year, I we mean that's sub, just sub ten ninety. Remarkable. Can, we sub okay. ten ninety. I wanted to make it more exclusive, but that's okay. You can let more people into your group. That's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure that out right now while you talk. I am slowly gonna see how many women have broken ten ninety in one season because Shelly's done that a few times. Yeah, and and like I said, w- when you run 1080 after running 1060, the tendency is to be like, oh, okay, that was solid, that was fine, but nothing to write home about. But just as when Thompson Hurrah ran that 107 without Fraser Price, because she'd run 105, we we shrug our shoulders. But that level of consistency is just not. It's not the norm by far. Not the norm. If you're watching live, you're getting to see that 100 again, where she just runs away from everybody in that last half of the race, but I hope we get to see her again. I have not seen her yet on the, the Diamond League final start list in Zurich in the 100. There's seven women listed, not eight. I noticed that, and Thompson Hurrah is in it, but, but Fraser Price is not. It would be great to see them one more time. I don't know if she said anything post-race about her season and whether or not this was it. I hope I hope we get to see it just... Just one more time, because right now there are seven women in there, and Fraser Price is not 
one of them. Gordon, do you have the the answer to the the question? Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure it out. Hold on, give me uh, one more second. But yeah, it, it's while I figured this out. Why isn't Shelly and Fr- are they now dodging each other after us talking so happily about <laughs> them, like you know, running after running at each other, race after race? Now it just seems like. Yeah. Do we see the last of Fraser Price and <laughs> and Thompson in 2021? I hope not, because we were very glowing in our praise that one episode, and then since then <laughs> they, they didn't race. I hope I didn't jinx it because it was it was tremendous. You look here at the the head to head this this year, or sorry, head to head all time here in the in the hundred they've met 12 times, but we have six of those coming in in 2021 but the last couple we haven't seen them race each other and if we don't see them in in zurich that would be a disappointment just after the standard they've set again if you judge them against history still bears out that's solid that they got we got to see the best two compete that frequently against each other and two of the best three all time but yeah now i'm greedy now i agree i want to see it one more time this year in in 2021 i mean we were we were very high on this on this rivalry. I thought it was a fun turn of events when Fraser Price finally got the win over Thompson Hurrah late in the season there. And I thought, okay, this is gonna be interesting. They you know, they combined for the first race with two women in the ten sixes, just making history all over the place and multiple ways to make history, right? We're obviously looking at world record as being a possibility now, which we didn't think was the case going into the season. But then you have just the combination of them going at it and creating together, not just the fastest time, maybe ever, but the fastest race and the fastest combination uh, out there. So it was it was terrific to to talk about. Yeah, I'm looking at all these clips now. We were very effusive in our in our praise here. So don't let us down. <laughs> just one more time, please, please, one more time. Can we get Fraser Price and Thompson Hurrah lined up? I will not ask anything. I promise of the women's hundred in 2022, if I could just get that one more time in 2021. Okay. I have the stat, man. Should I send it to Travis so you can put it up on the screen or should I just read it off? Is it, is it, uh, is it an impressive stat or not? Cause if it's not, impressive. we could just forget. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's impressive. How, however, there is the person up top isn't, uh, person who leads this isn't a person that you want you want to be number one in, on the list if that makes any sense okay that makes sense. so what i did was uh, I'll, I'll send this to travis i'm doing one last little this is i did this i am very proud of myself boom i'm going to screenshot boom and i'm going to give to travis in our little chat travis where are you okay so I looked at the number of the most win legal sub 1090s run by a woman in one season. Mm-hmm. Um, Carmelita, Carmelita Jetter in 09 and 2012, Gwen Torrance in 1994, and Flojo in 1988 all did it six times in one season. Mm-hmm. Shelly Ann Fraser Price in 2019 did it seven times. Elaine Thompson Hurrah in 2016 did it seven. Merlene Adi in 1991 did it eight. Elaine Thompson Hurrah this year has done it 10 times. 
Shelly and Fraser Price this year has done it 11 times. And number one overall is Miriam Jones in 1998 with 17 times. So uh, number two all time with 11. Mm -hmm. It's kind of crazy yeah, to see that Shelly Ann and Elaine Thompson both have done it 10 plus times. Both in the yeah, I got some good news while you were talking. Shout out to Marshall. Sent me this link of Fraser Price after this meet in, in Poland where she said, quote, I was glad I was able to get the break. She's talking about where she missed the, mass missed the last Diamond League. I needed it to regroup and come back again. Come again. I'm back in the groove now and hoping the next two races, Zurich on September 9th and Bellizona on September 14th will be good. So she said she's running two more races uh, per the IAAF report. Now, again, but I'll, I'll bring up that women's 100 start list there. She's not on it. And I would figure that that would be one of the people meet directors would be trying to figure out, get a yes, yay or nay on. Like, has she responded to the Evite yet or no? Is it a yes, no, maybe? Is she in that third column there and she needs to be bumped into the yes? Please do that if that's the case. Please, please confirm that you're going to be there so we can get that updated start list here. Um, but that's certainly good news that she's planning on running two more times. That is. So she can increase that number to number to 13 in 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But yeah, both the Link Thompson hurrah and Shelly Ann, both 10 plus sub 1090s in 2021. Very impressive. There you go. Good. And impressive by you to get the stat that quickly. Good job. That was yes. not something we prepped in, in the meeting. Uh, one other thing I want to mention, mention from, from Poland before we talk about uh, Padua, was Michael Cherry, sub 45 again. So, Two times in a row now, I've said he's going to break the, you know, break his streak in a good way, and he's continued his streak. So that's that's both good and bad news, because he hasn't run a forty-five, but he also hasn't run a forty-three. But I think the forty-three is coming in Zurich. Yeah, you put a lot of you put a lot of uh, eggs in the Zurich basket here with Michael Cherry yep. breaking running forty-three <laughs> seconds. I think he will. Um, this race, he kind of was one of. A, he's been slowly progressing to like. 44 flat um yeah. this one was a little bit of a, a slower race for his standard i mean he did let shut up it down though, though he shut yeah. it down um you just want to question like how his legs not tired when he run 44 seconds so many times in one season like a lot of times these guys want to save like a big 44 for one or two moments but here he's mm -hmm. out here doing it 13 times uh with the chance if he runs Obviously, he'll run the Diamond League final, run 44 at least mm. there. That'll get him up to 14, which will put him th top three all time. Right now, Roberto Hernandez in 1990 did it 16 times. Jeremy Warner did it 15 times in 2008. And then there's a three, a four-way tie, which will soon become a five-way tie for third. Danny Everett, Harry Reynolds, LaShawn Merritt, Quincy Watts, and potentially Michael Cherry with 14. Mm -hmm. uh, sub 45. If you're in the same category as Merritt and, and Watts, oh, look at this. Michael Cherry, three more it is. He's, he wants to go for three more to tie Roberto Hernandez. <laughs> there you go. You're influencing the, the racing decisions here, which is, uh, is a scary, scary, scary thing. Yeah, I'm looking at Roberto Hernandez's 1990, and they were all in the all in the, the 44s. He ran – his PB was 44-14. 
that year. That was his fastest of the of those 16. I think the way he's able to continue so long on, on this, well, number one, I just think you know, he's got the experience at this point. But also you just saw how he managed that race. He was in really good position with 100 to go and ran it like a heat of a championship race. He didn't go, go all the way through the last 50s. He's just saving little bits and pieces where he can. Now, you remember the last Diamond League when he ran that 44 low, it was a little bit of an opposite dynamic. Cronin James was in, in that race, so it was a tougher field. But he was behind with 100 to go and then, and then put on the jet. So he's, he's measuring his efforts perfectly in order to get, get these wins and get these solid times out there. It's just a question of, yeah, does he have that little bit extra in, in Zurich to shave off those hundreds to get to, to get to 43. And I think, I think he does. And I think he will. We think it is more likely to happen. Him, uh, running three more 44 seconds or him winning the diamond league. Probably three more 44s, but I think he can win the diamond league. I think like when you look at, we could talk about this later when we dive into it, but he's, Who's the most motivated? Because I think that matters at this point of the season. Who's the most yeah. mo- motivated to keep going? And you look at that Diamond League final there. That's his U.S. championship, championship. for next yeah. year. Yeah, get it. And then you don't need to worry about all the anxiety and stress that comes along with trials. He didn't even need to run the 400. He just needs to show up at the meet. He could become the latest 400-meter runner to run the 100. That's a great incentive. <laughs> Because we're heading to a world where in 2024, no American 400-meter runners run the 400. Everybody runs the 100. <laughs> they might even cancel the event at a certain point. There might be no 400-meter runners left. And Michael Cherry could do that and get in the 400 for World Championships if he wins this, this Diamond League final. So I think he can do both, but I just think he's so locked in at 44. It's like I'm not going to bet bet on it now was that stat the stat is most sub 45s in a year right so he'll get credit if he runs a 43 yeah okay good yeah because that would be a weird thing to punish him for like he runs 43 and you're like nope sorry no 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 that's most sub 45s so if people are at 43 seconds that counts yeah all right cool 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 all right let's go over to uh italy padua so we had a women's hundred there featuring shikari richardson who was runner up to JV and Oliver. They both ran 11 19 into a minus 1.0. Candace Hill was third. English Garner fourth. Brandon Williams fifth. Desiree Bryant sixth. So I guess my question to you is after pre, she said only place up from ninth is up. We saw what she did in the 200 in, in Brussels. This result, where she essentially you know, ties, runs even with Oliver, who made the US team this year. Do you think this qualifies as a step up from what we saw in in Brussels when she fin- finished fourth in that 200? Um, no. I mean, if he, this is an 11.11 if it had no wind. You know, it's mm-hmm. not it, – it's 11.11 it's with zero wind. She ran 11.19, but 11 – the only reason her, her places are going up is because the – field is going down like the field competition is Oliver solid though Oliver made the team like she's been she's yeah, been she solid. Lost again her, she lost to her yeah but like my, my, my main thing is like right now she's still running ninth place quality race runs in my opinion like 
following up her 11-14 ninth with an 11-19, which is really an 11-11, and her 20.4 or 5, in 22.4 or 5 in the 200. She's the same as she was at pre, in my opinion. She hasn't really improved. Have you, dude, have you thought? I mean, it's been like more low key. Like it's not as, cause there's, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, it's happening in a smaller meet in Europe. And like people are kind of stepping off the gas of Shakari is going to dominate, you know, mm-hmm. and people are kind of letting her just kind of jog throughout the rest of the season. But she's mm-hmm. not in the Shakari of running a 10 7 consistently or 10 8. She is still that Shakari that got ninth, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit step step forward. I know the time was not not fast, but there's more into it than the wind, right? The the weather, the conditions, all the other parts factor in. I just think she held it together through the race, at least, right? Like at pre, I think what you're saying is basically she could have run equivalent performance at, at pre if she pushed all the way through and finished it, right? Then so this isn't this isn't showing us anything else. But I think the fact that she's at least coming out with a solid effort is something. And Oliver's a solid runner, but you're right in the, from the perspective of this is not June Richardson, this is not May Richardson, this is not April Richardson. This is a different different athlete. But the weird set the weird setup with the season and and her having the suspension and coming back obviously has has impacted her greatly, but. Yeah, I guess it's not the, okay, boom, 100% she's back. But see, I don't think, as I mentioned last time, I don't think we're going to get that until there's a complete reset on the year. Yeah. Because I think the trajectory is set at this point. And we know kind of where the ceiling is at at this point. It's just hard to reverse course this late in a season in a year with this many things going on. So I think we'll see. So I, I, I guess it's – it's it's positive in terms of hey she's still competitive, she's running the same time as one of the other best women in the year or in the in in her country. Excuse me. The problem is again the Fraser Prices and the Thompson Haraz of the world are doing ten sevens, ten sixes, ten fives frequently. So it, it makes it yeah. it makes it tough. She did get a she did get an endorsement from Usain Bolt, which I think is cool. You see, right. Bolt said, I like her energy. She brings spice to track and field. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, where, Bolt where would, do you say this? Would... Uh, Is this the full quote? Yeah. Yeah. It says, she does get people talking about track and field. So for me, that's something I personally feel is good for the sport because track and field is not the biggest sport in the world that people actually go, you know what? Let's go watch track and field. That's a good <laughs> quote by Bolt. You know what? Let's go watch track and field. We should make shirts with that on it. If Lincoln was still here, he'd have a, a shirt made up like by Wednesday with that quote on it. Uh, so for me, this is Bolt again. If they're talking about it basically uh, because she's high energy and vibes, then for me, I'm okay with it. I think he sums it up pretty well there. I like his kind of little bit of like, you know, callback to her doping, not doping ban, her marijuana ban. It's because she's high energy and vibes. So high energy and high vibes. You know, got <laughs> I think, I think you little, may be looking a little too much into it, but your vibes are good. Vibes are yes. vibes are positive. I, yeah, I mean, and, and obviously Bolt would know. Bolt was not nearly as polarizing. In fact, I feel like Bolt had near a hundred percent approval rating because the way he approached the sport was obviously different, and he never, never really showed any 
any vulnerabilities at all. So he just kept winning and winning and winning and winning, say for a few times in, in his career. But in terms of getting eyeballs on the track, or as Bolt would say, getting people to say, you know what, let's go watch track and field. They do have that part in common. So we talk about their little hypothetical mind experiment. How crazy would our, how popular would our sport be if you took this Shakari Richardson personality, situational drama, the, the, the social media presence, the being a part of, you know, Drake album and being in a Kanye West music video, all this stuff. And it was actually Usain Bolt in his prime doing it. Like Usain Bolt talking all this shit and doing this whole thing. Usain Bolt missing in an Olympics, you know, and then coming back and all this stuff. Like how crazy do you think? um, Because one thing that's kind of was good for the Shikari run was leading up to it. She had the talent to back it up. So you knew something exciting. But now you kind of you're a little less excited to watch a race because you know you know you're not going to see a ten eight or ten seven mm-hmm. or ten six because you know she's just not there right now. But like yeah. with Bolt, when he's like running, flirting with a nine five, you know, nine sixes, you knew there was potential greatness whenever he stepped on the track. Um, do you think uh, if you combine the all time greatness mm-hmm. of Bolt's talents with the you could argue all-time greatness of Shikari's branding. What mm-hmm. did you get? Mm-hmm. Like a super specimen? <laughs> well, would Bolt – I feel like the trash talk, if he went so hard on it, would have been counterproductive because he was so good and so much better than everybody. It would have seemed a little out of place, don't you think? Like he's too good to trash talk? Basically. Yeah, because he's like, you all doubted me. Like if in 2012, if he said, you all doubted me after he won his second 100, 200 Olympic dub, we all would have been like, what? What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? Or, this was for the haters. I mean, if Bolt that's ever what LeBron said that, James does every year. People, he thinks people are doubting him every year. But he loses more, and a part of that's the nature of his sport. He actually loses. Bolt, you know, other than an 11 and then that last run, like, didn't lose and even in the regular season he had very 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 few losses i just think part of his persona part of the thing that people were attracted to was he transcended the sport and he did the fun stuff and he was charismatic and he would try to pick his spots in terms of talking trash but he would really need to work hard to kind of find motivate like they'd have to dig out world relays clips of like ryan bailey celebrating ahead of him and anytime you're using like the world relays uh, as a basis for trash talk it's it's not really that that significant but i, I he would have needed a, a foil i think he would have needed somebody else to go that route i think yeah like his you see like you're saying his dominance was kind of uh his own worst enemy for popularity because well, he was too good it may- well, it made him popular in one sense, but in another sense, it made it more. Oh. I, I, I lost I lost that last moment. You say popular in one sense. Why don't you refresh your browser, Kevin, and then you come back in? Because you're a little Yeah, choppy. we'll take a commercial break right after this. Take Kevin explains break. why Usain Bolt is better <laughs> than Gordon. So now it's just me. 
Here's my my water I'm drinking. It's uh, classic tap water, but I got this little bottle from Louisville <laughs> during the NCAA Cross Country Champions in 2015, and I haven't right. lost it yet. So anyway, you're back, and your your connection's better. Thank you. Thank you. So as I was saying, uh, Usain Bolt, good. Usain Bolt, good. <laughs> we'll have more at the top of the hour. No, I – all I'm saying is everybody has to do – like the way to maximize everybody's public appeal – I think is is unique. Not everybody has the same path to doing it. For her, this is for her. This is getting her a lot of attention. For Bolt, I it almost felt like he was maxed out, and I think something like that. I don't know if it would have made that big of a difference, just because, as I said, I saw him more as a transcendent figure. Like, no, this is interesting about Bolt. Did Americans cheer against Bolt? Not really. No. And when the Olympics were on and non-track fans were watching it, because I think track fans obviously appreciated it and were in awe of it, but non-track fans who tuned in the Olympics to root for the USA, I don't think any of them were mad when Bolt won because there was just no question that Bolt was the best. And they also knew Bolt and they didn't know any of the Americans. So he had, like I said, almost universal approval rating. So it's it's, it's very different in terms of, um, how he brought eyeballs versus how Richardson is is bringing eyeballs to the sport. Maybe that's a sign of the times, but I think it's also just a sign of the, the personality differences of the of the two athletes. Agreed. Should we talk about right. Diamond League coming up? Oh no, one more race. Uh, Michael Michael Norman. Yeah, so Michael Norman ran in Italy as well, nine ninety seven. So he ended the year with three sub tens in a row here and he beat Bracey, beat Baker, beat Gatlin. I don't know if this is enough to make him have a tough decision about what to do next year. And I, it's a bummer that he's shutting down a season. I would like to see him try to run another quarter now that he's reeled off three sub tens in the hundred, but he's right in that weird middle ground. I feel like Gordon, right? He's good enough. He's done enough in the hundred where you'd be curious about him in that event and the 200. And then he's also struggled enough in the 400 to where you're like, Ed, you really want to stick with the 400? Do you want to explore what else is going on out there? He's, he's firmly in that, in that gray area, I think. Yeah, it's – I think the question for him, like I'm, I, I wonder how much of an influence what Fred Curley has done is going to impact him at all. You know, because for him seeing his fellow um, competitor – just go from uh, a great 400-meter runner to, like, a dominant one-two guy in in the, in the a in an Olympic year. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he's thinking, like, hey, I can do that, or maybe Fred, Cur Fred is showing, hey, it's possible to, like, get into that realm. You don't have to be a 60-meter, 100-meter guy from – age 16 in order to become a great 100 meter runner it is possible late in a career or mid-career to kind of transition to a different event if you have that raw talent and you know norman has the raw talent he's run 43 seconds he's run 9 8 in a race so it's not like it's impossible to, to do these things um mm -hmm. i think the difference between him and fred is fred obviously has gone all in on it right he started mm -hmm. beginning the season going all in on the one and the two whereas norman hasn't really gone all in at all in the 100 or the 200. It's kind of just been like a half measure. Like, oh, I'll dip my feet in after the Olympics, see what I can do. 
Um, yeah. But hey, it would be it would be interesting if he decides to like pull the trigger and be like, I'm out of the 400 and go all in on attempting to, to get in the one or the 200. The I mean, two is the most intriguing, don't you think? Do you agree with me? The two is the most interesting prospect here. Yeah, I feel like his 200 would be his most likely pathway to success on the global level. Um, because he has, I mean, 19.7 is a no-joke time. He ran in 2019. And yeah. he's beaten Noah Lyles head-to-head mm-hmm. in a 200. So, and if... Noah Lyles is like the standard, right? He's a 19.5 guy. So if you're in the, mm. the category with Noah, you know mm. you're going to be in the category of potential meddling, you know? So if the, I think if the 200 for the U.S. looked like the 400 does for the U.S. in terms of competition, I think it would be a no-brainer for him to put his yeah. focus there. But the problem is the 200 is so good with yeah. Lyles, Curley, Bednarik, Knighton, that it makes qualifying – Really difficult. Now they'll have an extra spot next year because Noah's got the buy, so he just need yeah. to to figure out a way to to get in into that group. And then internationally, you obviously you would throw into grass there. But I'm just I'm interested how he can have pretty solid performances across the board in the in the hundred, like outperform what we thought he was capable of, and beat some really quality people, and then still struggle in the in the quarter. And maybe it's just because, hey, post-Olympics, it's harder to get a gauge on things. And, yeah, he didn't run well in the Olympics in the 400, but he still was fifth in the world. And maybe maybe fifth in the world would be his ceiling in the 100, too. Maybe, maybe we're just overrating these 100-meter performances because um, we're just thinking about what's possible. Oh, and this is only his third race doing it, his fourth race doing it. Look at how, how much better he could get. Maybe he's he's kind of set in that spot, but – it is it is interesting both with with him and Curly just how smooth the transition felt and they're both and I get why they didn't do it really in college because you're focused on team points and stuff but it is interesting that you become a pro and you're like all right I'm gonna do another event now like I'm really gonna drill down and then you were you had all these years in college to try to to try to experiment and it was always just like four by four four hundred two hundred four by four four hundred two hundred. I have a question like, for you. Think, did Michael Norman run at 100 at USC? That might be uh, I don't know. I know he ran the 100 in high school. His first race as a college yeah. guy in indoor was a 200. Um, but I'm not sure if he ran 100. He There's nothing on his – No, he didn't. There's nothing on his – No, not on his T-first. He didn't run a – He ran a four-by-one leg a couple times. That was it. Here's a question for you. Yep. If we could get this event to happen – I want to see Fred Curley race Michael Norman in a four-race event over a weekend. I want to see them race each other in a 100, a 200, a 300, and a 400 mm-hmm. in a weekend. So I don't know how you split it up. You probably do a one and a three and a two and a four or a one and yeah. a four and a two and a three. Do they tie 2-2? Two, two? Does one win three one? Does one win four zero? How do you think mm. it uh it plays out with a curly Norman one hundred two hundred three hundred four hundred quadruple header? I mean, the last year I would have said Norman, but now I'd go curly. But I want to add more people to this event. No, 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 add no, 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 no. Lyles is... and Bednarik. 
No, because Lyles and Ben Enick aren't 400 meter runners. And uh, yeah, Ben Enick has run a good 400 in, in yeah. college. But it's just, it's all about these 400 meter guys changing events. Why? Let's, let's play we have it out. Eight, we have an eight lane no. track. Why can't you let me fill the eight lane track? Because I, I want just head to head. I, all I care is the Norman and Curly factor. That's all I care about. That's all I care. I want two lanes. That's R- Rye Benjamin? Can I add Rye no, Benjamin? No, no, no. No, no. For a player to be named Curly later. and Norman, stop changing my imagination. This is my world, and I'm going to live in it. This race is ha- let's let's pretend the race is happening next weekend. So it's not yeah. like, oh, well, Curly was running this in 2019. So whatever. Yeah. Let's do it. Who would win the hundred if it was happening next weekend? I think that's an easy one. Curly. Curly, right? Yeah. Who would win the 400? Who's happening next weekend? I mean, that's tough. I think it would be. I, I think it would be Norman. It has because like, Curly has run a. That's his. It, yeah, it's his best chance. That's his, his best, best chance. chance, though. Norman. So okay, let's give it. I'll, to I'll con- All right, I'll concede that. Yes. Okay, the two hundred. Probably give it to Curly now. Yeah, I go right right now. I go with Curly. Yeah. All right. Next year, maybe different. And then in the past, maybe different, but right now I go with Curly. 300. Well, I mean, I would, I would go Curly. That's why I would have a 3-1 right now. 3-1? Yeah. Yeah, see, yeah. However, be Noah Lyles was on. in the race. No, sorry. That would be a fun event to bet on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have it going the other way? Do you have it 2-2? I could see it being 2-2. But uh, I also could see it being 4-0, Curly. Mm. <laughs> it's either going to be 2-2 Norman Curly or 4-0. I think either Curly goes 4-0 or he's like, all right, 2-2. Two 2-2, and two. Two and two. yeah. I don't think I'm going to get a 3-1. The 300 will be tricky. I just don't know what to expect right now if Norman ran another quarter, and we're not going to know because his season's over. I just don't know what to what he's capable of, you know, through all these sub-9 – or so all these sub-10s, so are they going to – do they do they mean he's, all right, super-duper sharp and he's going to run – like sub 44 or 44 low, or is it just not indicative of any, like I'm assuming when Norman ran his PB of 4345 in April, 2019, he was probably in really good hundred meter shape. He just wasn't running a hundred then too. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. We don't realize how good they are at other events sometimes because they're these, these PRs would move in tandem, but they're not running a PR in the hundred because they're running the 400 then they can't, yeah. they're not doing multiple things all at once, but the 43, 45, I'm sure it was indicative that he would have run sub 10, but and now he are well under sub 10 and now he's running 44 lows and he's still able to go sub 10. So I don't, I don't know what to read into it, but I would have curly three one. That would my, in our quad quadathon. Quadathon. Can I take, talk about one more thing about Fred Curley? Quite Travis, you can bring this up. Have you seen that Fred Curley is offering NFTs? Travis, Are Google NF- NFT Fred. Google NFTs. NFT Fred Curley and bring up his website. I haven't. Let me haven't check this out. Se- I haven't seen much NFT news recently. Do you have Travis, any NFTs? Uh, I, I did not purchase one. They were a little bit out of my price range. Trayvon Bromel bought one. He, uh, for those who don't know, an NFT is like a trading card that's digital where you can kind of you buy it and then you can resell it. But mm-hmm. it's just basically a, a mini GIF or video 
that you pay for. But Frank Curley put up this whole website. I, I and uh, I think it's kind of wild, like the pricing. Check out how expensive a Fred Curley NFT is. Travis, can you bring how up the, the website? I just want to show the people. No, no, just Google NFT Fred Curley. It'll, it'll be the top, top thing. NFT Fred Curley. The second, the second link, the second link. Yeah, boom. Okay, so check this out. So scroll down. Let's put, a bus up, put this up on the screen. So you can buy his Phase mm. 9 silver medal for 984 bucks. Not his actual silver phase, medal. No, it's just a video of a silver medal. You can do his Phase 19 video card for 1980 bucks. Mm. People are buying the Phase 42 card for because it's only $42. Mm -hmm. But if you scroll all the way down, he's selling... Uh, Look, he's already preparing for a world record. He has the Say No it. More, which is a poster for $9,840. Let's do it. You want to go in, Travis? Well, and Lincoln. Kevin, let's Lincoln, go three Lincoln, get... Lincoln would be the one to buy it because he, he lives in Taylor, Texas. So he would be the one to, to make the purchase. Aren't some of these things like – people are selling NFTs for millions of dollars. Am I correct on that? Yeah. Oh, some people, yeah. yeah. I mean – so I don't understand the pricing. That's that's in general of any NFT. I don't get the I don't get the pricing at all with any of this stuff. Didn't they sell like the, an image of the first tweet ever? I know there's yeah, a New York Times writer that that sold an article about NFTs and he donated the money to charity and I, I think he made the first. It was like five hundred thousand dollars, like a picture of the article, basically. I think it's a way for people to show that they have money. Maybe it's like, hey, look at me, I. I wasted this money on a digital video that I can just look at by clicking on the URL. But I can now say well, I, I own. It's a, it's a way to say you own a digital piece of content. Yeah. Did you ever get into – did you ever look at that Top Shot stuff? Yeah. I mean I was looking – yeah, same, when people were buying these thing, right? random digital yeah. – yeah, digital yeah. basketball cards basically. Yeah. But people would make jokes, right? So and so would miss a free throw and like, oh, let me get the Top Shot of – Aaron Baines missing a free throw. It's like, but some of them were selling for just ridiculous amounts of money. So auction ends oh, 27 days. So it's a lot of time. Yeah. A lot of time. A lot of time to, to get in there. All right. Do you want to talk about Zurich Diamond League final, which is going to be on Thursday? So we're going to do our Wednesday show at the regular time. And then Thursday, we're going to be going at 3 p.m. Central after that meet, which is going to be a marathon affair. It's going to be three hours long. It actually starts on Wednesday with the 5,000 and then some, some field events as well. But then you go to Thursday and it's everything, every single event in the diamond league, men and women all the way through. So I wanted to run through just a few races today while we still have time. Um, for sure. The 5,000s and the, well, let's try to get to all these. Let's start with 5,000. Do you want to do 5,000 first? It's interesting. Cause we're running on that. Yeah. That 500 meter, uh, out of the track facility. So that'll be unique. Uh, Jakob Ingebrigtsen is headlining the men's field there. He's going for the double. He's entered in both the 5,000 on Wednesday and then the 1,500 on Thursday. Solid field here. Salomon Borrega, gold medalist in there. You also have Yomi Kijelka, Nicholas Camelli. I don't know, Gordon, who is going to be most impacted by the fact that this is not on a regular track. But I would guess... 
I would guess it would favor people who are like, I'm just, this is just a race. Like throughout the times, I don't need any of the markers. This is going to be really confusing. Splits are going to be really hard to, 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 to figure out here. Let's just, let's just get out there and race. So obviously I would, I would uh, say that Ingerbritz in here is the solid favorite. Yeah. I don't recall remembering the, the design of the track, but what does the last 200 meters of the track look like? I think Travis, can you pull this up? That people tweeted out a picture. I I want to get it uh, accurate, uh, but if I don't know if you put like Zurich Diamond League five thousand final on Twitter, I think they they uh, there's an image up there. But it's just, I mean, it's relatively track like, right? But there are some turns. There are some turns on it. Um, I don't know if we're we'll able to pull this up, but do you ever get uh, to turn right? Yes. Really? Think so. You let me turn right. Let me let me. Because then that's when you have to work on tangents. Then you get to turn right. Um. Yeah, I can't find it. Uh, I'll, I'll anyway, find keep, it. keep going. Keep going. Oh, Zurich, yeah, keep going. Oh. Diamond League 2021 outdoor 5,000 meters. Yeah. Someone asked in the chat, "Is it? It's not on a regular track. It's a street race. Yeah. It's outside the stadium. So they're doing it." I think in the exact same area where they're doing a lot of these field events out of the stadium, which is weird and somewhat controversial because, hey, this is a Diamond League final. This is an actual track race and theoretically one of the higher stakes ones of the entire year, and you're putting it in a different setup than you are every other every other race. Now, especially for the Kenyans and the Ethiopians, you know, a, a buy um, is on the line here. Okay, here we go. So we have it. No, it do, so it does not look like there is any right-handed turns here. It just looks oddly shit. But like, look at how, look at how sharp some of those turns are, right? I wonder if there's going to be an opportunity in like, if you look on five hundred sixty meters, like behind the like the building where you're not going to be seen. Mm-hmm. And then that's your opportunity to do a little, you know, extracurricular activity with your competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to mm-hmm. know. And turn into like kind of like a roller derby type situation. You know what I mean? Give them a bunch of helmets. Some I, think, I, think have, start. I think they'll have cameras in there as well. So 560 meters. So it'll be, I don't know, doing the math here. How many laps would that be, Gordon? Like nine. Nine. Nine laps. So, you know, there's been street races out there. I get this. This is a, they're laying down a track here, but it will not be the full, I mean, it will not be a regular race. What do you think about changing? Like, put aside all your thoughts on the Diamond League in general. What do you think about, hey, this is one of the most important races of the year and we're changing the way it's conducted this dramatically? First of all, the way you open up that sentence is not true. It is not one of the most important races of the year. No, theoretically because... it is. No, but okay, hold on. Stop for a second. Stop for a second. Say, for example, you had three Americans in this race who were going for a, a, a wild card berth. It would be very important. Now, that's not actually happening, so you have to suspend disbelief a little bit. But, like, do you, I mean, do you like it? doesn't matter. You I like it. it. I don't – it doesn't okay. – it doesn't – bring any ounce of negativity to my brain. I just okay. think it's, it'll be interesting. Like, well, all right, it gets me one to watch it. I'll watch it. 
Mm. Now, I don't think this is a way to like grow the sport and make it more popular because, whoa, we did it on the street. Whoa, people are now interested in track and field. No, um, but the Diamond League is not, as I went on a 20-minute rant last week, mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. like a sacred cow that can't be manipulated because the, it's, the athletes aren't like, you know, there's no, there's no like – Will this count towards times? I don't think it will matter because everyone in the field will right. be able to get right. their marks wherever before or after. So I don't think that's yeah. going to be a, a problem. Um, it would be interesting, though, if we see like an incredible fast time and then like we have to be like, well, well there's an asterisk yeah. on it. And yeah. all this crazy. I mean, life. look at how long yeah. that straightaway is or those straightaways on both sides. <laughs> that's that's going to be massive. Someone's going to mistime it thinking it's just 100 meters to go. Yeah. And then with about 50 meters to go, completely run out of gas. So I, I think Ingebrigtsen's going to win here. On the women's side, though, Jordan, we get to see Nian Saba again. See if she can continue her her hot streak. Field is tough, though, again. right? She's got she's got Obiri. She's got Ringurik. She's got Tay in there. So she's got people that are going to push her. Um, do you think she's able to to continue her dominance for one more week? Yeah, she's gonna win, and I'm upset that I, I know I told Safana San she needs to chill out and relax and go on vacation, <laughs> but I want to see her race Nian Saba, right? Because right now, the only one who we think can beat Nian Saba is Hassan, and yeah. we had an opportunity for them to be in the same race, and they're not in the same race, so. Mm -hmm. I'm a little, I'm a little bummed about this. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted that. I mean, no one else in this field has shown any like justification that they can beat Nian Saba. Like Nian Saba has beaten everyone in this race that in this mm -hmm. field. She's done it over a shorter distance. She's now done it over the five k. It's game set match. This is. Uh, I wish I could bet on this. I can make back my two hundred seventy seven dollars <laughs> I lost, and I can go all in yeah. on Nian Saba. So you're confident in her on the 560 meter track to get it done? Yeah, 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 yeah. Same position for everyone. She's got a she's got a pretty wide portfolio here, right? Uh, the success in the 800, then she uh, she gets fifth in the 10k, then she does what two mile at pre 3,000 and now a 5,000 on a regular track, and now she's going to 5,000 on a 500 plus meter track here. She's doing a little bit. Everything's a little bit different each time. Right. There's no, no, no two things are, are identical here. Yeah. She just seems like she's running with so much confidence. And I think everybody's rightly concerned about her kick. And if she's in the mix in that last, last lap or last half a lap, I guess you'd have to say here with the, with how big the track is, then she's being in a good spot. I do think Obiri and some of the others will look at this, this larger track as an opportunity to try to, sh to shake her earlier. Right. And maybe just because it's a maybe because it has a little bit more of a road vibe that that things won't bunch up as much. I think that's what they're gonna be gonna be hoping for. Um you mentioned Safan Hassan. We can transfer to the women's fifteen hundred real quick because you're not getting Safan Hassan in the five thousand, but you're getting her in the fifteen hundred against Faith Kipiega. That's pretty good, right? I mean, those three have matched up a bunch of times this year and every time they do, it's a it's classic. Why do you think 
Safan Hassan chose the 15 to go up against Faith Kipiegon, who looks like she's not going to be beat over choosing the 5K. Revenge? Revenge? Pure, unadulterated revenge. Yeah, she wants to beat her. We know Safan Hassan is the best in the world in the 5. We know she's the best in the world in the 10. 1,500? It's Kip Yegon. It's Kip Yegon. And you can say, all right, if Safanasan didn't have the other the other races in her legs, then she would have kept it kept kept it closer. But she's also beaten her straight up in a Diamond League race. And Kip Yegon has the claim as the best women's miler of all time. Um I mean they had that cool race in in Italy early in the year. They had the one in Monaco where Kip Yegon blew her out. And then obviously in Tokyo, Hassan faded to to the bronze, but I think Safan Hassan is all about doing unprecedented things. I think that's what motivates her and, and checking off boxes is a, a high priority to her and answering questions that are asked of her. Right. So there's the 15 and the 10 was crazy, but, but she did it just because I feel like it had never been done before. And then once she does that, Okay, I can't go back from that. So what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to do a triple that very few people have ever attempted and no one has been as successful as me in history at completing. Okay, then what do you do after the Olympics? Oh, I'm going to go for a 5K world record. Oh, you missed it. That, what are you going to do? Okay, now I'm going to go for the mile world record. So it, it, it makes sense. If she goes and she wins the 5,000, it's like, all right, she's expected to. She goes and she knocks off Faith Kipiega on the 1,500. That's a story. I just got a a text. I got some breaking news. You ready for the breaking mm-hmm. news? Uh, the the USATF 20K championship just happened in New Haven, Connecticut. And on the men's side, our boy, Ben True, won. Yeah, that happened like an hour ago. That wasn't really breaking news, but... Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Beat some good guys. Beat uh, Leonard Career. Beat, of course, you know, Ben True's good at a 10K. Via Simbazo. Okay. okay. I mean, it's 20K. He's not. He, 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 I mean, the the I get it. For him, he, Credit he to him. Little... Good. Good for him. Credit for him. Is that worth interrupting the Kipiegon Hassan? I thought when I heard breaking news, I was just like, I could grab my desk here. I was, I was worried. I don't know if that was worth interrupting the Kipiegon Hassan segment for. Uh, Hassan. In the 1500 all time, nine to eight, the edge over Faith Kipiegon. So that's a great, that's a great stat. So she's putting that yeah. on the line here. I like, it. I mean, I'm with you. It would, it's awesome. Up. It would be awesome to see her in the five against Nian Saba. But, but if she had to pick one, I, I like the 1500. If she had to pick yeah. one. Yeah. Also, her picking the 1500 shows she's not scared. Like, Yes. She knows she probably would win the 5K. So the mm-hmm. fact that she's putting herself out there for another potential loss shows the type of mindset that she has, which is, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to dodge competition. And mm-hmm. now that I look back on it, I'm kind of happy that she's not trying to do a 5K, then come back and do the 1500 because she's she tired. doesn't need to be doubling and tripling and doing all the stuff anymore. She just needs to go out, run a race, win it or lose it, and then go home, read a, and have a nice ice bath. And uh, 
take a long, long vacation. Yeah. This is going to be, even if she was fresh, it's hard to beat Faith Kipyegon. And now she's coming in after doing two world record attempts after a triple. So this is going to be, this is going to be very challenging. So I, I, I would expect, I would expect Kipyegon to win on the men's side. Do you think, you think Inga Britson can pull off this five fifteen double? Mm. So here's the fifteen. Chariot, He's got chariots yeah. in in the field. Our boy yep. uh, Stuart McSwain, Mister, always in the mix, but <laughs> always not in the mix in the final fifty meters. <laughs> um, is there? So he'll he'll make until sure until he won. Honest. Until he won. Until he won. Yeah. Until he won. Um, yeah, I think Ingebrigtsen. I mean, I've said it, right? I predicted he's not losing a race until like 2024. So uh, you got to keep that streak going. So I think he's going to win. Um, Chariot doesn't look like the old Chariot of 2019 yet. So, yeah. And the rest of the guys, you know, they're good. Like Hor and McSwain are both running well. Katir had a moment, but hasn't been running too well. But outside of that, I mean, it looks like it's just going to be. A McSwain Ingebrigtsen chariot race, mm-hmm. and like the only th- like if Josh Kerr was in it, maybe I would get a little all right. If it gets tactical, watch out for Kerr. Mm-hmm. But no, nah, I mean, Do you the remember depth pre- of, of quality fifteen hundred meter competition isn't there right now, so I'll go with Ingebrigtsen all the way. Do you remember pre when Ingebrigtsen took off and chariot just didn't go with him and he stayed back? That yeah. was an interesting tactical decision. And I just want to know how he responds to this one. Does he do the same thing? And is it just going to be McSwain, the only one pursuing Ingebrigtsen? Because they're coming off. He's going to be coming off a five the night before. This is an important race, I think, for everybody else in the 1500. Because if you can't beat Ingebrigtsen after he runs the 5K a few hours before, you're going to have trouble making a case for why you're going to beat him in 2022. So I think this is an important race for those people who are, are contenders. It's as important as a September race can possibly be a month after the Olympics. But I think it is it is critical. And I think the way to win is Chariot's going to have to go back to the old way of racing. He's got to turn the screws on him early. And he's going to have someone to go with him if he decides to push the pace. Because, again, Stuart McSwain has never said no when people have asked him, hey, do you want to push the pace? The answer is always yes with Stuart McSwain. So Chariot's got to get out there and really force it uh, to try to run the legs off of Inga Britson here after, after his 5K. Yeah, this is definitely an embarrassment test, right? Will you or will you not be embarrassed by Ingebrigtsen? Because if he does win, it's going to be kind of embarrassing because you're losing now to a guy who's still only 20, coming off a of 5K, and you still can't get it done. It's it's going to be the embarrassment test. And Chariot, based on his pedigree, should be able to be like, no, 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 young Pad- mm-hmm. Padawan. I am going to continue <laughs> to try to dominate this event. Uh yeah yeah i think and again i'm just and as i'm curious as much about how he runs as to to the result because he wasn't running with a ton of confidence at pre it looked like he was content with that second pack and inga britson for a long time had been the guy in that second pack or the guy trying to chase chariot and we know their result all time 10 to 1 chariot over over inga britson so he's got to start another another streak and that's the 15. So you, you add the mile here and, and it's 10 to two. So 
Ingerbitson's on a, on a two race win streak here. You famously said he's never going to lose to him again. In fact, you said Ingerbitson's never going to lose another race in his life. He's going to run. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said until like 2023, 2024. Gotcha. 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 Until, Two years in the future that Gordon has not yet confirmed which one, 2023 or 2024, one of the two. Uh, okay, before we go, I want to do the hundreds. Let's talk about the hundreds, and then we'll save everything else for Wednesday. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's do it. Sorry for uh, interrupting the podcast with my New Haven 20K results. I didn't yeah. see Jenny Simpson. In the... Did Jenny Simpson finish? I thought she was running Cherry Blossom. Oh, I thought – oh, okay. I thought she was in this 20K. Okay. No. See, I don't even know. I'm not even paying attention the right way. I thought um, you'd be kind of big in the whole Northeast road racing scene, but apparently not. So we need to fix that. Men's right. 100 in the Diamond League final. We have Ronnie Baker. We have Fred Curley. We have Trayvon Bromel. And we have Andre DeGrasse. You can see the full field right there on your screen. Gordon, this is going to be great because we've seen how sharp DeGrasse and Curley have been post olympics how do you think this race goes before we talk about how this race goes how did a man who's run 1015 and a man who's run 1022 get in the diamond league final did we have enough nose to where they just said all right you guys can go is that how that worked i i don't know but like isn't that kind of crazy no don't you think that's kind of, no that's very crazy in? that's not kind of crazy that's that's very crazy. Are they are they holding lanes for home home meet runners a little bit? Is that what's going on? I guess the that's Sylvan Wiki because it's in Switzerland. He's like yeah there, but oh, okay. I guess that guy they went all the way down to the fourteenth person on the descending there you order go. list. And this guy, I, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name. Abi Kun Udimialislag. From a country that I don't know, SRI. Do you know what country that is? Sri Lanka fifth, or Sri, Sri Lanka. He got he got no hold on fourth place in the uh, June Diamond League hundred, which is super random. I don't know how that happened, but this guy's in a in a Diamond League final. He only won, he only ran in one Diamond League, gets fourth in it, and now he's in the final because all these other guys dropped out. It's kind of wild. So. What do you think in terms of – yeah, that I mean that – put that up again. Okay, here, yeah, here's the here's the, the profile here. Uh, it is weird so many people didn't want to go to that for the 100. Hey. For the 100, that seems a bit strange. Hey. Okay. Anyway, All right, anyway. back to – let's preview the yeah, actual yeah. races, which will be like five guys. Um, but I thought yeah. that was interesting anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, you obviously have Curly and DeGrasse both being incredible post-Olympics. And then I think you got to hold out a little bit of a shot for Bromel because he's looked better than he did in the Olympics and he has the 9-7 from earlier in the year. Uh, Baker, we just mentioned earlier in the show, uh, suffered that loss in, in Italy. So I, I would say it's between those three. Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, Baker's performance in uh, in Italy kind of takes him off my big board for potential winners. And Sabene kind of hasn't really been running too well post-Olympics mm -hmm. either. So, yeah, Curly, DeGrasse, and Bromel are the big three, in my opinion. And they all kind of, I would say, 
DeGrasse and Curley have looked a little bit better than Bromel. Um, mm-hmm. So if if I were betting, if it, the betting odds, I would say the betting odds would put Curley and DeGrasse probably even odds. Mm-hmm. And then Bromel third, right? I don't think mm-hmm. there's a clear favor between Curley and DeGrasse. Um, because while Curley has found a way to um, improve upon his silver medal by running well in these diamond leagues, DeGrasse also has been improving on his gold 200 by running well post-Olympics yeah. as well. And also, I think he beat, didn't he beat Curley at pre? That were in the at same pre, event? pre, pre yes. yeah. So you have to, based off of resume, you have to say it's DeGrasse favorite, Curly 1B favorite, right? And mm-hmm. then Bromel third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tracks. That tracks. I mean, DeGrasse, you could say, is a, this is, he's in the best stretch of his career coming off the gold and the, the silver performance in, or sorry, the gold and the bronze in, in Tokyo. And then backing it up with the, albeit wind aided, but victory of a lot of big names at pre with the 974. So he's in a he's in a real good spot right now. The only question is okay, can he can he hold it for for one more meet and then we know what Curly's been doing. But yeah, absolutely. I mean there's a reason why we said right now best combo sprinter is to grass. Yeah. And that and and it's because of just the the marks that we've been talking about and the big meet performances that he's had. So I think uh, you're right. Those two, it's very interesting to see what Bromel is going to do here because his last race he was close. He was there. He was close. Uh, I wonder if it's just a matter of something that final piece clicking into place for him, and he's able to 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 have that strong last fifty. Or maybe it's been a long season. Fatigue is is weighing on him, and it's going to be tough to to get to the to recapture what he had in in April, May, and June. Yeah, we. You know, after Prefontaine, we kind of anointed DeGrasse as the best uh, male sprinter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt kind of out. He had the, the two medals, and he was and he just won the pre against Curly and a bunch of other guys. Mm-hmm. But Curly has had a reason to say he's better. Like, he's, he's built up a resume to go up against now DeGrasse. And if Curly can come mm-hmm. out and beat DeGrasse in – the Diamond League final. Are they racing again in the 200? No. They're not? No. Are either of them racing the 200? Or are they all just going all in on the one? They're all going all in on the limit. The 200, okay. which will which will prevent. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. My apologies. They are racing. Oh, this is great. They're racing the great. 200. This is great. Okay, so, let's just say <laughs> the belt The belt is on the line, Gordon. Is that what we're saying yeah. here? The belt the is on the, on the yeah. line in Zurich. Because if Curly go. goes out here and beats him back to back, uh, I'm sorry. First of all, Jacobs of Italy, it's been good, but you you're, you let go of the throne by choosing not to run post Olympics. Mm-hmm. If this is basically, basically we are seeing in one day the crowning of the best sprinter of 2021, whoever comes victorious. I think if it's a split, I mm-hmm. think it will go to DeGrasse. Mm-hmm. If uh, Fred Curley wins both, it'll go to Curley. Um, Bednarik is probably Bednarik is probably in the two hundred. Is he in the two hundred? Probably he, he is. He is, but not in so, the hundred. Bednarik probably can 
kind of ruin a bit of Fred Curley's chance. Because if Fred Curley wins the 100, then beats DeGrasse but gets second in the 200, it's not going to mm-hmm. feel as, you know, shining mm-hmm. have a back-to-back win. But this is – we're going to know who the best sprinter in the world of 2021 will be. It's going to be either Fred Curley or Andre DeGrasse, and we'll have two races mm-hmm. kind of figure it out. And mm-hmm. Kenny B – could also go on to win the 200 and be like, hey, guys, don't forget about me. Kenny well, B, I got if, second in the two, you know. If he drops something crazy in the 200 and those other two guys struggle, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That'll, this is great. This is great. This is what we want to see. It's, it's on the line yeah. here in, in Zurich. And that, that 200, again, we'll go more in depth on it on Wednesday. But Narek, Grass, Curly, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome there. Missing a couple people, but we're going to focus on on who's there. It's going to be awesome. Um, all right, women's hundred, and then we'll leave it there. Women's hundred. So as we mentioned at the top, as of this recording, I'm refreshing right now. <laughs> Shelly Ann Fraser Price is still not there. She said, post her last race, she's going to run two more races, and one of them was going to be in Zurich. But right now, Thompson, Hurrah, Tolu, Oliver, Netta, Cambunji, Del Ponte. And Dina Asher Smith. So as it stands right now, it's a route, it's a runaway, it's a blowout for Lane Thompson Hurrah, and it'll just be about the clock. If Fraser Price is there, the whole game changes. So we do two like virtual previews for this. So we do uh let's do two, <laughs> two. scenarios. A scenario where it's just Elaine and mm-hmm. a scenario where it's Elaine and Shelly. Okay, so let's do the okay. just Elaine scenario. The just Elaine scenario, ten fifty-four, her season's best and her PB. And the number mm-hmm. two time all time. Are we going to see a four on the clock? Just her? I do not think we will see it with just her. I think it becomes really difficult. And I think we'll see something similar to what we saw in Brussels. What's the I mean, trivia question for you, Gordon? Fastest time. Oh, we lost you, Kevin. We lost you. You're going to have to refresh. Uh, uh-oh. Kevin, you got you re- refresh your. Yeah, we lost you. Refresh your browser. You, right when you said fastest time, then you, you went out. In Zurich. trivia, hit me, hit me with the Zurich. trivia. Wind legal. What do you think the fastest time in history is? Women's hundred. In Zurich. Yep. Is it is it ten forty nine? No, that was in Indianapolis. Come on, Gordon. What are you doing? Ten forty. I don't know. World record. <laughs> 1076. 1076. Oh, okay. So fast, but not crazy fast. I'm just looking at the, the history here. So I don't think in scenario A, where Fraser Price doesn't run, I don't think the world record is going to go down. I think we could see a low 106 again, and I think we'll see a, a huge victory, but I don't, I don't see it going down. Do you disagree? No, I agree. Okay. Scenario two. I think, I think the better we scenario of the two. I think we had our chance be... at the the world record. I don't think it's happening. I think it just after the pre pre just felt like the crescendo. Like you had the pre right, and you had the the Jacari situation. You had the Jamaican one two three and running also extremely fast. And I think ever since pre, it's kind of just been like we're on well, hold cruise on. control. I think we've been well, on. Fraser cruise Price control. ran faster after pre. Yeah, but Elaine Thompson didn't, and she's the one who won. True, but Lazan was amazing. 
the 10.6 to 10.64 was amazing. And I think we could get something similar to that. I think we had something like she's that. There. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they, they, maybe they flip places this time and it's Thompson Hara running 1060 and it's Frazier Price running 1064. But I think, I think it's, it's going to be really tough to, to, to equal a 10 five. That sort of performance is going to be tough. Now you asked me, what would Frazier Price have to do? Speaking of the belt, what would, what would, could Frazier Price do anything in this race to get it? It's hard. The, the 2021 up, uh, belt. The 2021, the 2021 belt. belt. Travis, yeah, can you not... bring up the um, 2021 performance lists where you include all biathlete in the 100? So, so this is only the 100 meter belt. That's what we're doing. Okay. When you look at this screenshot, it looks very even, right? Because it's literally every other athlete is, yeah. is each other, right? It goes Elaine, then Shelly, Elaine, Shelly, Elaine, Shelly, Elaine, Shakari, Elaine, Shelly, Shelly, Shakari, Shelly. So Shelly has a bunch in that back half, right? Mm -hmm. Shelly has the 11 sub 1090s to Elaine's 10 sub 1090s. Um, so obviously right now, the first name on the list is Elaine Thompson. So... That is point, yeah. Elaine. I don't think we're going to see a faster time. So I think Elaine Thompson is going to be able to say, I had the fastest time of the year. Elaine is also going to be able to say, I won the Olympic the gold, gold medal. Which is where it ends for me. The fastest time and the gold medal. What Shelly Ann could have, though, is more faster times like a faster mm -hmm. top five average which is good that shows consistency you're not just a flash in the sure. pan she can also show that she won more head-to-head -head, right this year yeah if you take out semifinals, think if she would win if she were to win this diamond league mm -hmm. and they would race one more time so so she could have potentially a head-to-head -head argument a consistency argument I think in order for Shelly Ann, when more and more you think about it, in order for Shelly Ann to have the 2021 throne, she needs to win this race and run 1053. Just beat it by mm. 0.01. Then I would say you have I, to get the throne back to Shelly Ann. I don't think that would even do it for me because really? I put so much weight in the, I put so much weight in the Olympics. I think she would need to do something ridiculous these last two races. She would need to like run 1040. That's what you're saying. Yeah, and then another and then another 1050 or something like that. Like that's that's where I would put no. the bar. Yeah. If she I just runs 1049 not... once, that she's no, that's done. No. She tied the world record. No, it's over. I don't I I would still I would still give it to to Thompson on. Also, no one looks at it like who's the best just hundred runner. They're gonna look at it as sprinter, and then you gotta factor in the two hundred stuff where Thompson Hurrah is way better this year with the, with the 21.5 and with the gold medal. I just think you're saying if Shelly Ann Fraser Price were to break the world record, you would not consider yeah. her the best sprinter of 2021? No, I would, I would still have Thompson Hurrah. I saw Thompson Hurrah. That's wild. Yeah, and I didn't it's think I was going to say that. It's a take. That's a take. It's a take. I, 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 didn't, I didn't think I was going to. Again, to reiterate what I said a month ago, it's not as if. Thompson Hurrah ran her season best is 10.8, and she had a crazy, fluky 100-meter win 
at the Olympics, right? She's proven time and time again how fast – and her PB, her, her season best, at its slowest is going to be 10.54. So say Fraser Price does run 10.48, gets the outright record. So she has a faster season best by 0.06. But Thompson Haraz got the golds, and, and that's where I'm putting – putting the weight here considering everything else i mean look look at her like i mean 10 fit because you can flip it around and say okay so you're not going to say the be- the best 100 meter woman of the year would be a woman who's run 1054 1061 um and 1064 and won the gold in a blowout like the most important race saying- in a blowout like that's that's also crazy too no, but like I also think you're Don't just trying to make me sound that, crazy. You're no, the you're crazy admitting one. you're admitting that once you have the Olympics, nothing else matters ever, and like that it kind of sucks. No, like why are we why are we not, watching no, these no, races no, 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 no. if they if no, if that, they can't? If that was the case, then we wouldn't have just had this whole thing about DeGrasse and Curly vying for the best yeah. sprinter. We'd be saying it's Marcel Jacobs and it's over. But Marcel Jacobs' season and Elaine Thompson Haraz's season could not be more different. <laughs> Based on head-to-head versus other people, all-time quality marks. It's not close yeah. at all. And again, if Thompson Raw ran three races this year and one of them was the Olympic final and she won it in 10-8 and then Fraser Price went on and broke the world record, I would, I would agree with you. But she didn't do that. She's run 10-54. She's beat her a bunch of times head-to-head. She's run the 10-61. Theoretically, she's going to run really close to whatever Fraser Price runs in in Zurich as well, too. So she's going to put up another all-time mark there. Listen, extraordinarily complex and historical seasons call for extraordinarily complex takes. And I didn't think that I would ever say <laughs> break the women's world record wouldn't make you the best 100-meter runner of the year. But this is the situation we're in because they've both been so good. The it's reason not crazy why I to think say that. Her, Don't no, make me no, sound it, crazy. No. It's not crazy. Here's, no, I'm going to make you sound crazy. I get your point no. that Elaine Thompson has such a great resume that a world yes. a world record alone won't beat it. I get that. Yeah. But like if Shelly Ann were to break the world record, her like second best times are still gonna be incredible. Like she'll still have her 10-6. Yeah. Her yeah, 1060 yeah. her 1063. Like it's the mm-hmm. world record won't be a flash in the pan. The world record would be just as much of a flash I in agree. the pan as Elaine Thompson's gold medal. You could argue that's a flash in the pan because it's one race. World records, one race. Olympic finals, one race. All that, you know, whatever. I'm just saying. Come on, man. If you break Flojo's world record, you're the best. Yeah. I'm. Just, I know we had an Olympics and all, but like, no. Listen. And this isn't the, like some like the Olympics and there's like, like oh, time trial world record attempts with with lighting on the track and super spikes and all this stuff. No, this is just Elite. raw. You're beating a record from the 1980s. Leave the lights out of this. Now it's personal for me. I was going to let that go, but now I'm fired up. I don't think – listen, I don't think your argument's crazy. I, I, I don't think it's crazy at all. Like I will listen to to that side of it. I would just – on balance, I would still give it to Thompson Rob. And this is the position they put us in because they've been so spectacular this year that I, I, don't, I don't think that that's a crazy argument. But, I again, I'm just going to give way more weight. Because to me, there's the Olympics and there's everything else, right? I'm waiting a a Diamond League final the same as I would wait pre, the same as I would wait them going head-to-head against each other in the Jamaican championships. The one meet that gets elevated above everything else by a huge, huge, huge factor is the Olympic Games. 
because it, it has to be. So, all right. I think we're to leave it there. We're debating something that might not happen at all <laughs> and what would happen next. It's great. Uh, hey. Fletcher, it's good. It's good. We'll, so we'll go more into the Diamond League uh, final preview on Wednesday, 9 a.m. Central Time. You can watch it live on the Flowcheck Podcast YouTube channel or catch it later on the site or wherever you listen to audio podcasts. Thank you to my co-host Gordon. Thank you to Colt for producing. Thank you to Travis for producing. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days.